CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ after a very big week for the markets. The guys here getting ready behind me. In the meantime, here's what's coming up on the show. Beyond Meat has been sizzling. And if you think the stock move is beyond belief, wait until you hear what the options market has to say about the beefless burgers. Mike Coe will break it down. Speaking of hot, Starbucks shares are on absolute fire, hitting another all-time high today. But if you're thinking of getting in, watch out. Because Dan Nathan says the coffee giant could burn investors. And Carterworth says the chart of the yellow metal is pointing to a big, shiny breakout. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we kick it off with gold soaring along with stocks this week. The yellow metal touching its highest level since April 2018 as odds of a Fed rate cut are on the rise. And the chart master says this solid gold rally will continue to heat up. He's over at the plaza. Break it down. Carter. So it's the, it's the trade that never quite works, but uh, presumptively one day it will. And let's talk about it. Gold has been toying with the prospects of a breakout repeatedly for the past five years. It keeps approaching this 1350 plus minus level and backs away. But what increasingly encouraging about it is the way we've gotten here, which is to say it's a higher low and a higher low and a higher low and a higher low, all which would suggest that the tension ultimately is to be resolved. Um, there's an expression, the more authority the level has, the more authoritative the resolution. Meaning this 1350 level has been in play now for half a decade. Let's pull it back a little further. Here's another way to draw the lines to show you we're working into the apex of this formation. Here's the longer term chart that puts this in context, the all-time high at 1950 an ounce or thereabouts back in 2011. And so the thinking here is this is, is, this is the moment. And... Uh, I think it's right to be long. Gold, gold mining stocks through GDX, however you want to do it. A couple long-term charts, and then we'll go from there. So this is also important. This is gold on top, and what we have here is relative performance to all other commodities. So not only crude oil, but to copper and corn and cocoa and wheat, uh, milk, uh, steel. Now, this is the interesting thing. Yes, we know that gold peaked in 2011. Yes, we know after selling off 50%, it's trying to recover, and it looks good day-to-day, week-to-week. But what's important is we are making new relative highs right now. It is bounced perfectly off of this relative line over and over and over, and it did it again. And now let me put in the top line. We are just now, you can see it here, we just moved above that high. We made new relative all-time highs this week. I think that's a very important development. I like gold. I like gold miners. And I think you've got to have some of it in some fashion in your portfolio. All right. So, Mike, what's your trade on gold? Yeah. So this is an interesting case because, you know, when we think about gold and one of the reasons maybe that all of these prior times that we thought we might break out and see new highs and we didn't, one of the principal reasons we did not was because we didn't see higher rates of inflation. You know, when we talk a lot about gold, usually inflation is going to be a part of that conversation. What did we see in April? We actually did see slightly higher rates of inflation. And what we're combining that with right now, though, 
is conversations about rates remaining low or even going lower in the short term because of broader economic concerns. That is a recipe that is not going to put a cap on inflation and therefore if you have a situation like that where you're starting to see levels of inflation rising but rates are not going to keep pace with that, uh, then that's a situation where I think from a fundamental standpoint one could argue that gold could go higher. The other thing I would point out here is that this being an option show, we often talk about implied volatility. We don't talk about call spreads very often on the long side. And the reason we don't do that is because out-of-the-money call options typically trade with lower implied volatilities than the ones that are at the money. So oftentimes you will look at a call spread and you'll say, okay, well, I have to spend 40% of the distance between the strikes on the long side. Why would I do that? Wouldn't I rather just buy the call? And usually the answer to that is yes. However, that is not often the case in commodities. Such is the case here, and that's why I'm looking out to August the 127, 133 call spread, you could buy the 127 calls, which were essentially at the money when I was looking at this earlier today, $2.65. Sell the 133 call for a dollar against it. So you're spending $1.65 against a $6 wide spread, less than 30% of the distance between the strikes. That's cheaper than call spreads typically are to play for a breakout. One of the things I would also point out here is that that helps mitigate some of the decay. And this is not a situation where, like stocks, you have an upcoming catalyst that could cause a, you know, a breakout with a gap. I'm not expecting discontinuous pricing where you suddenly have earnings, for example, in a stock. And that's one of the reasons why a trade like this it doesn't have as much decay. You're taking advantage of the fact that those out-of-the-money options aren't as cheap uh, as, they are, as the out-of-the-money ones are, which you often see in things like index and single stock. Yeah, so Mike, uh, throwing around that term implied volatility, really it's the price of options. And when you look at the chart of the price of GLD options over the last five years, and you think about the last times that we've had like really some kind of macro uh, pressure that has put uh, pr downward pressure on risk assets, but caused things like gold, safe haven assets to rise, that GLD's implied volatility, the price of options, is really cheap, right? So I think if you're playing for the sort of breakout from a technical standpoint that Carter sees, and then you see the potential for some stuff to go wrong this summer, and stocks to go south, this playing this call spread the way Mike is doing it makes total sense. It's probably some of the cheapest vol on the board if you want to kind of play for some sort of uh, macro volatility this summer. And then there is also, of course, the most aggressive thing is the equities themselves, right, are, are the beta trade. You get much more of a move out of especially a small cap miner than you will out of bullion itself. But then, of course, you have the risk, idiosyncratic risk, of picking the wrong stocks. So that is captured by either doing the GDX, the GDXJ, the small stocks, or GLD. Um, a lot of the, you know, I, I absolutely hear that. We often hear some other people on the desk talk about playing the miners as a levered way to play gold. That's exactly the point. They are levered ways. There's idiosyncratic risk there. Very often they have operational challenges. It's a capital intensive business. There's a lot of other things that play into it that could foul the trade if you're really trying to make an explicit bet on the direction of the commodity. GLD is a very clean way to make that bet. You know, we can basically take all of those other complications off the table if we do it this way. Right. Along the line of Dan's thinking, though, in terms of, of picking gold as a safe haven, how, Carter, do the charts look at some of the other um, you know, stereotypical safe havens. Well, I mean, again, some people say gold isn't anything, right? There's people who make sure. fun of it and say it's not anything. It's just the metal that you dig up and you put back in the ground and so forth. But we know that classically defensive things, the original was soap and cereal, meaning we have biscuit companies that go back two and 300 years. There were no pharmaceuticals. And so classic soap and cereal acts well from Hershey's chocolate to Mondelez and so forth. And uh, healthcare less so. The defensive areas of the market, utilities, REITs, Treasuries, they all are sending a certain message.
Well, fast food stocks having a big week as well. McDonald's, Starbucks, and Dunkin' hitting new all-time highs today, while Wendy's is at a multi-year high, and Chipotle is within striking distance of its 52-week high. You get the picture. But Dan here says there's one name in the group that could ruin the fast food fiesta. So what are you looking at? Well, let's look at Starbucks, Mel, and for a whole host of reasons. I mean, this is a stock that, you know, for years, from 2015 to really until, like, some point this time last year was really range-bound, trading between 50 and 65. And we had this massive, massive breakout at one point in 2018. Right now, this stock is up 75% from its 52-week lows made last June. It's up 28% on the year. But what really caught my eye is that right there. This week, at some point, the stock just literally came alive, made four consecutive new all-time highs in a row, including today. It rallied about 9% in a straight line over four trading days. Now, obviously, the market caught a bid here. There was obviously less pressure on some of the trade issues that was weighing on stocks over the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, to me, this is a stock that trades 30 times. The stock is obviously the sentiment is very positive from an investor standpoint. Um, I have a one-year chart here. I just want to kind of show this a little bit. Um, this is really kind of showing that consolidation right up until April where the company reported their fiscal Q2 results that were fine. You know, comps were a little bit better and they were a little bit better in China. You know, Here's the other thing, right? So China's this big growth area. It's about a fifth of their profit. Um, we know that on the NASDAQ last month, there's Luckin Coffee, um, which is a Chinese coffee maker. They are really set on taking on Starbucks in China here, went public, and they're going to open another 2,000 stores this year. They're going to have more stores in China than Starbucks has. So to me, I think it's a really simple trade as you look out to the next identifiable catalyst, which will be uh, Starbucks earnings in late July. And obviously, I think that there's probably not a resolution to the China trade deal. So that should kind of weigh on second half guidance. I think you kind of short this thing here with the fine risk. You play for a move back towards the low 70s here. And when the stock was trading about 83 today, you could look out to August expiration, which will capture their earnings event. You could buy the August 82. 50 70 put spread paying two and a half dollars for that buying one of the august uh, 82 half puts for three bucks and selling one of the 70 puts at 50 cents it breaks even at 80 you can make up to 10 bucks between 80 and 70 with your max gain below that what i really think is interesting here is obviously above 82 half you lose that two and a half dollars that's about three percent of the stock price here but this thing is just up on a massive massive spike here and i like the risk reward of this trade because i have earnings and i also think that there's going to be some negative headlines about trade over the next couple yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things I, I like about this trade. First, let's just talk about it fundamentally. You mentioned that it was trading 30 times earnings. It's a high number to put that in perspective. In the last five years, there was really only one period of time where this thing was trading at a higher multiple. That was late 2015. And had you bought it in late 2015, what you would have gotten in return for that was a 20% decline over the ensuing 14 months. That's really not that attractive. The other thing I would say is, you know, thinking about any situation where you're going to naked short this stock right here, given the direction it's taken, that's a, a very dangerous exercise. It's an ill-advised exercise. So I absolutely think this makes sense. You've identified a catalyst. We've identified a fundamental reason. And if the technicals happen to line up with it, I will defer to the smarter men than I on that topic. Then I, th I absolutely like this trade. Well, uh, let's, let's say this. It's steep. It's uncorrected. It's very popular. Uh, if, if buying and selling is dependent upon selling it to someone else at a higher price, who is the incremental buyer here at these valuations? And then there's this. Is it the defensive security that is maybe believed to be? Remember, think about what it did in the financial crisis. Not a bank, but it dropped from 20 to 3.5. That's an 80% decline. If you were to get into a softer period, people just do cut back on $8 cups of coffee and $4. They drink 
three instead of four or none. Point is, it's not immune, it's not a god, and it's come a long way. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our super cool newsletter. Rumor has it this week's edition has the winning Mega Millions jackpot numbers. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. With Beyond Meat already up 450% from its IPO, you won't believe where options traders see it heading next. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Beyond Meat, wowing Wall Street. The stock soaring 40% just today after crushing its first earnings report as a public company last night. The stock is now at more than 450% from its May 2nd IPO price. And that's got options traders salivating. A whopping 350,000 options contracts trading today, making it the fourth most active single stock uh, behind only Apple, Advanced Micro, and Tesla. Mike is breaking it down with a call to action. Mike. How much interest is there in Beyond Meat? It's beyond belief, really. Here we're comparing the amount of open interest that we saw in Beyond Meat coming into this morning, and obviously it's going to be a lot higher based on today's volume next week, I would expect. And what we can see is that in notional terms, the open interest, in notional terms for those who are wondering, is just the number of contracts that are outstanding times the current share price. The idea being that an open contract in a high dollar stock, like Beyond Meat, is more important than an open contract in a low dollar stock, like Ford, for example. Let's take a look. Beyond Meat has $3.5 billion worth of notional open interest in the current options. And compare that to some very well-known names. That is actually more than Kraft Heinz, it's more than Pepsi, and it's closing in on names like McDonald's and Starbucks. So that's pretty remarkable. There's some other things that are remarkable about, about it too, though. Let's take a look at the chart since the IPO. Obviously, it's had a huge move. You may wonder, why is there so much open space in this chart out to November? And the reason is because right now, the options market is implying a huge potential move between now and then, about 60 bucks. But here's the interesting thing. They're expecting that move basically to be lower. We've talked about this before in stocks right after IPOs that have very high short interest, as Beyond Meat does. The stock has become hard to borrow, and actually you could buy the stock forward closer to 100 bucks than where it is trading right now if you used options to buy it instead of going out and buying the shares. That is a warning sign, so if you don't own the stock, I don't recommend going out and buying it now. Another way to consider this is to take a look at this trade. Consider that with the stock closing around $140 today, you could buy the 110-140 call spread, that's a $30 call spread, for less than 15 bucks when I was looking at that. The reason for that was that these lower strike call options were essentially trading for the amount that they were already in the money. That is pretty remarkable, meaning that you could buy those 110 calls rather than the stock and you wouldn't have any risk of it falling below that level. Or put differently, you could buy this $30 call spread for less than 15 bucks. If the stock simply stayed here, you would make the difference. And obviously if it rose, you would make the difference. You wouldn't actually start losing money until it fell to 124.60 or below. And you might say to yourself, well, those odds look pretty good to me. Why is that the case? 
It is because in this environment, the options market does think that this stock is going to be lower by the end of the year than it is right now. All right. Well, let's trade it. Who's butting into beyond? Dan? Well, obviously not me, not the I stock know. or the whatever they call those things between the bread. Um, you know, I've tied, we tried them on fast money. It wasn't a particularly nice You, you did not like it. No. Um, but here's the thing. I think well, the way that Mike is laying it out, if you're inclined to get along the stock, that is one way to kind of capture a 6 7 8% move or something like that. I mean, who knows? You know, this stock was up almost $40 today. What could it be of, on some competitive announcement? How much could it be down? So this is kind of like the wild, wild west. I suspect a lot of people are trading this intraday. You know, on Wednesday, we highlighted some unusual activity in this thing going into earnings. We spoke specifically about the June 155, 160 call spread that expires a week from today. Somebody bought 2,600 of those, and that seemed absurd at the time. The stock was trading $100. Here we are, it's 140. That trade is already a winner just based on the move we've already seen. But what we're seeing here is that when there's no stock available to short, everybody who's short it can be already then it's very hard for, you know, folks who are going to try to make those bets. And that's one of the things I think is feeding into this. There's no history for the stock. Well, exactly. So let's take you were to analyze stock having had one day of trading. Well, you'd say here was the low, here was the high, here was the close. So now what are we talking about? Meaning, how about two days or four? The point is, right, if pattern interpretation is trying to figure out where you are in relation to where you've been to determine whether you're about to break out and make new highs or undercut prior lows, where people own it, where supply is, where memory is, none of that exists in a pattern that's only days old. What we do know, though, is... It's speculative, uh, and there are a lot of bets being made on both sides. Uh, This one-day gap, I would say, accomplishes a lot for those who might be bullish, and I'd rather fade it here than bet on further gains. We've seen other IPOs with this kind of speculative frenzy, and the answer is very simple. You've got to be careful. Up next, investors biting into Apple this week with a stock up nearly 9%, and that's great news for one of our traders. We'll explain. Plus, it's Friday, so you know what that means. We are taking your options questions live on the show. Tweet us at Options Action, and you might just get your answer on air. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more Options Action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Dan laid out a plan to play Apple after its recent turmoil. I see technical resistance up at that 200 to 220 level, and I see some pretty good support at 160 to 140. And so I say to myself, the next two events. One, we cannot model. We don't know when it's going to happen, if there will be some resolution to the trade situation. And then the next one, which has been a huge catalyst for the stock over the last six months, will be earnings. So you could sell the August 150 put and about $2.75. You use the proceeds of that and buy one of the August 195 calls for $2.75. Well, Apple soaring nearly 9% just this week. So, Dan, how are you managing the trade? Right. So you sold a put to buy a call. It's out in August. Uh, we still have the same catalyst. You know, obviously, this thing caught a bid with the market and a little more so than that. I think the most important thing to manage this trade is to cover that downside put that's less uh, offered at less than a dollar. I think it's offered at about 88 cents. Now, the 190 uh call that you're left long is worth seven bucks or something like that. Or excuse me, the 195 call is worth about seven bucks. So you have the stock at 190. So now you have the opportunity. You can either roll a portion of those profits up to maybe a, a higher strike call spread if you think there are higher highs in the stock, which I suspect there are. Or you could just sell a higher strike call like the August 220 call at about a dollar. Then you have the 195, 220 call spread in August on and you have it for a credit. And that's a good setup here, especially if you think that there will be a resolution to the China situation and better earnings. All right. Up next, we've got your tweets and the final call. 
Final call time, Carter. Well, gold are all things like it. So mining stocks, bullion, however you want to do it. I like gold long. I like call spreads and GLD to make your gold call, and I wouldn't buy Beyond Meat right here. <laughs> what disdain for Beyond today. Yeah, Dan. well, what about my Starbucks trade? I'm already getting pushback from the Farley girls on my uh, Starbucks trade, but I think you take profits here. <laughs> um, I didn't know they were Options Action fans. They are. She is. All right. <laughs> Push spreads. All right, that does it for us here on Options Action. See you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.